Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually with podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff. You can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com or the Access More app. In the past, I was afraid that um, um, I'm going to be judged and rejected because I thought it was the story of shame, guilt, and, and condemnation. But now I know it's story of salvation. Stories stir the soul. Stories reveal. And stories heal. In this podcast, we will give you an inside look at someone who's had a life-changing breakthrough. Real people, real stories with real breakthroughs. As a health and wellness expert and coach and Todd as a men's mentor, we've seen firsthand what God can do when it comes to a breakthrough. So lean in, listen well, this could be your biggest breakthrough. Hello, and welcome to Your Biggest Breakthrough. I'm one of your hosts, Wendy Pett. I'm the other host, Todd Isburner. And uh, hey, Wendy. Yes. Um, what if I told you that I have a past that uh, that you didn't know about? Uh, would you want to know now after all the years that we've been married? Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, are you trying to tell me something right nah, now? Nah, just kind of kidding. But uh, I think I think you do know everything about me. I, you know, I, I mean, so. except for that one thing you probably don't know about. Wait. What do you mean? What one thing? Teasing. Totally teasing. Why are you always teasing? I don't know, because uh, you're just fun to tease. But in all seriousness, uh, we do have a story. We all have a story. Yes, and that's we what we do. do here on Your Biggest Breakthrough. We bring guests in who've got a great story to share. And they've broken through on the other side yeah. of these, these amazing stories. Yeah, yeah we, we sure do. And, and some stories are not always easy to share. Yeah. We're kind of kidding around here in the beginning, but um, but there are those stories that um, they, they need to be shared because mm-hmm. when they're brought to light, they allow for personal healing yeah. and for others to have hope in their situation. And so those stories, they offer the breakthrough. So true and oftentimes very relatable to mm-hmm. what we are in need of. And today's guest has a past story that she just started sharing uh, and finally told her husband after 12 years of marriage. And uh, we're going to hear all about that in today's episode. That's amazing. Yes. Today we have Lena Sabula with us. She is a wife and a mother of three beautiful children. She is the author of a spiritual autobiography called Miraculous. Mm -hmm. Lena is a drug addiction and human trafficking survivor. Lena was raped numerous times and had a baby at the age of 14. And that baby um, died three months later with um, from health complications. And um, you're, you're going to hear all about her story, but today Lena is a, is a just proud Christian and she is a social justice advocate. She's a blogger. She's a speaker, and she's the host of the love and B as in the letter B loved podcast. I love the title of that, uh-huh. by the way, love and be loved yeah, podcast. Yeah. Her mission is to encourage, inspire, and to give hope to share that there is a chance to have love, joy, peace, and wholeness again, after everything that you may have seen or even even done. Hmm. You know, what we love about uh, Lena is that she's got this passion to share the good news of God's love and to create awareness about the reality of uh, human sex trafficking and the implications of that. Yeah. So we want to bring Lena on right now. Welcome to your biggest breakthrough. It's so nice to, to meet you and to see you. Hi, guys. Thank you hey. so much for having me. And I love your dynamic. It's so beautiful. Well, we love your dynamic accent and, <laughs> awesome. and just the beauty of, uh, of who you are and who God has made you to be. I, uh, we're just so we're so blessed by your willingness to share your story, Lena. Your, your, your bravery yeah. and, and just how courageous you are. And so uh, we're excited. We have no idea how this is totally going to flow because you know why? We're going to let the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. do the work here and guide this conversation. Um, but let's start off first off um, <laughs> with, with this accent, this beautiful accent. Where are you from originally? Thank you so much. Like, honestly, I want to say thank you for your kind words. And Honestly, I would never have imagined that after 20 years of silence, I would be uh, standing up on stage in front of hundreds of people and my story going to be broadcasted all over social media. 
because in the past I was afraid that um, um, I'm going to be judged and mm-hmm. rejected because I thought it was the story of shame, guilt, mm-hmm. and, and condemnation. But now I know it's story of salvation. Oh, and yes. I actually, I'm Russian from Ukraine. I mean, I, I'm going to stop you for just a moment, though, because what you said, I think, is so relatable to those who are maybe just coming into this, this new place of getting free from shame and feeling like the people aren't going to understand. And so they look at you and they, they can be inspired by just your courage and also sort of the way in which God surprised you, like you didn't expect to be in this place. But you somehow you you communicated to God, Lord, I'm willing, and look at what's happened as a result. So, all right. So you were born and raised where? In the Ukraine. Well, actually, I'm gonna piggyback on that and yeah. tell okay. you that because I I don't say that enough that I actually trust God with my story. I didn't volunteer to share the story. I was so afraid when I got this desire in my heart to write my book, I cry for three days. Hmm. I already been healed, redeemed, forgiven, justified. I have beautiful family. I had a business. I'm um, part of the church. You know, I loved my life and I loved the way people perceive me by that persona Hmm. that I was in Christ. Hmm. You know what I mean? And now God holding my hand and saying, now we're going to look back um, since you were six years old and began to put it in the book. And literally in that vision, I saw the book with the jewelry on it because God said to me, you are my treasure. You are precious and priceless to me. Mm, and beautiful. I saw that banner. I don't know, guys, if you're going to see it with my face on it. Mm-hmm. And I was so scared that it's going public, something that I hid for so many years. But God said to me, just trust me, who loves you, they will never reject you, abandon you and leave you. And since then, it's been two years since little by little, I'm open up and it's been an amazing experience through this book, through looking back from a new perspective. I I assume he wants me to share my story to encourage, inspire, and give hope to others to share that free gift of salvation. And yes, it is. But it was, first of all, for me. He healed my past through this um, process. Mm -hmm. I reconciled with my family. I reconciled with that little Lena as well to actually, I don't know, it took me to another level of faith with God because I saw his faithfulness to me from beginning to the end because up to this point I thought this was my life before Christ and it was hell and then I give my life to Christ and then this is my life with Christ Mm. only looking back I realized wow he need me in my mother's womb Um, yes saw him to be with me through the abuse in my family through the brothel when he spoke to me through all the hell that i went through he was right there beside me i just didn't know well let's let's talk a little bit about that lean that's so beautiful and and you the fact that you were courageous enough to to put it on paper and to to um, receive the, the, the extra level of healing through this process is actually encouraging to someone that might be listening right now that also has a story mm-hmm. and is feeling very ashamed of that story when really that story is only an open door to allow you to heal more and for others to heal through your story. Um, but let's, t- let's talk about you, you. You talked about this little six-year-old girl. I think we need to st- start with that six-year-old little Lena. Absolutely. Yeah. So I was born and raised in Ukraine and my parents struggle in their marriage. Now I do understand them because I'm a wife and a mother and I do understand it's not an easy job. And uh, But they become an alcoholics and lost well-paid jobs. And at our home, the government turned off the electricity and hot water for outstanding bills. And I was hungry all the time. I was mm. literally starving at our home. Um, mm. It was like our home was infested with black mold, cockroaches, and mice. It stunk. And mm. 
really struggle in poverty trying to survive so um, i was um, raised in a home of full of strangers they brought drugs and booze with parents who did nothing to protect me so i became an easy target for those guys from very young age mm. um, i was drug and raped in the basement of my apartment numerous times and um, when i thought things couldn't get any worse uh, one month before my 15th birthday, I woke up with this severe abdominal pain and I was so scared and confused because the pain was so excruciating. I ended up in the hospital and um, they told me that I'm in labor. So I actually didn't know I was pregnant. Wow. I didn't hmm. know who her father was. Yeah. I wonder how <clears throat> often that happens, Lena. With, with I was like pregnancies. starving little mm-hmm. kid. Nobody ever taught me that sure like, going to be any changes. Plus, by that time, I've already been drinking and doing some drugs as well. So I don't think like I even felt like morning sickness. I just was sick all the time. So it was very hard to differentiate. And plus, I never get um, no extra weight because there was no food. No food. I never wow. had Bailey, I never have anything except on that one morning I woke up and I thought I'm gonna die. Wow. Wow. And you were 15, is that right? 14. 14. I was I was like 15 in a month. My goodness. Wow. And so um it was a little girl, right? Yes. And um I was so shocked that um the delivery was intense but quick and um she was alive. She was wiggling and making noises, but um, the doctor, I, I knew my lifestyle will affect her, but the shame, guilt, and condemnation that I didn't know she was there was really broke my heart. It broke mm. my heart because I blame my, myself for everything. And then she passed away because she couldn't feed. Mm. Uh, but um, I actually have to leave her in the hospital. But before that, I need to refuse, I had to refuse my parental rights and give her my name and last name. And that was the most devastating because I didn't want to leave her. Mm. And I felt I ended up being just like my mother, neglectful. And I felt like I reject that little child. But by the grace of God, I had people that nurses and doctors was explaining to me like over and over that I'm not going to be able to care for her because she needs medical care. So I'm yeah. not able to take her home, even if I want to. Wow. So, wow. What, so what happened after that? I mean, you must have been devastated. You're, you're, dealing, with, you're dealing with shock, surprise, guilt, sadness, grief. Uh, what, where, did, where did you go from there? Yeah. You're really just, you're just a young lady. You know what, like um, now being in Canada and being part of these amazing organizations who support and survivors and support the young moms and children, I do understand how much alone and neglected I was back home. Even, even social services wasn't called. Nobody talked to me about postpartum depression. Nobody talked to me about grief and loss of this child because she did pass away um, three months later Mm -hmm. and I decided to give her proper burial because I felt like I own her that because I couldn't give her anything in life and Mm -hmm. I actually collect the money from my friends and we dug the hole in that like um, cold ground because and people this is another very crazy analogy people was getting ready to celebrate new year and christmas so it was very festive Mm -hmm. it was everybody was so pumped up and i remember carrying this little casket in my hand Mm. but it was the proper casket and proper um like plot i bought her in the cemetery and um i carried that casket in my arms and for next 20 years i carried it in my body mind and soul yeah i bet and i bet how how hard i'm sure to see people celebrating and yeah. and happy around you when you're like do you not understand what i've been through and and you probably just felt invisible Absolutely. at times right yeah. yes that's where the depression and anxiety and panic attacks came 
because this mind of mine keeps saying like you have no voice you are invisible and the craziest part to that point I kind of already surrendered to my abuse and sexual and Mm. like and I I kind of like was okay this is my path this at this moment this is how your life will just be exactly but then like bringing the baby that totally broke me and I start using um, heavier drugs like heroin because I just want to numb my brain from saying to me, you killed her. This is your fault mm. and um, stuff like that. It was to medicate. I don't think I ever want to commit suicide, but that was a point of my life that I didn't want to live either, mm. you know, so I wouldn't sure. kill myself. Very dark. Per se. But then, yeah, if I would die, I would be okay with that too, because I'm like, it is what it is. This is the life. But if I'm going to be gone, I know nobody going to look for me. Nobody going to miss me. And it's going to not make a difference in this world if I'm not going to be here. You, you, from little on, you didn't know anything different in life other than pain and, and abuse and and neglect and and it was traumatizing without you even being aware because this was your world. So, but now you've had this, this little baby and things have gone to a whole nother level with you internally. You're dealing with, uh, with that guilt and that shame and all, uh, did, did you go into a period then of, of hardening yourself or because you said you started to use even more drugs to kind of escape, where did it go from there? Well, for next three years, I pretty much don't remember anything. Uh-huh. I just was I become a street junkie, and used. So, did you live on the streets? Um, I left my home when I was sixteen, but I that time I wasn't homeless. I usually have a boyfriend, or I live with some of the gang. You know, like the people. You know, different. So I wasn't like on the street street, but we call them street junkie anyway, because mm. if you don't have a home per se, sure. But um, there was like for three years, I literally, I was gone. And then um, I realized people was dying around me or who went to jail. And I literally have this moment of awakening. I don't know if you ever felt this way that like in one moment, you just like so aware of what's going on and it's almost like all these three years cut up with me but I do believe right now that I heard God speaking to me saying yes. for more and that's what literally like trigger me to think that I could be more and it was very strange where it came from and what more because all I knew that I don't want this anymore Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. I didn't know what more meant mm-hmm. I just knew that I was so tired of this lifestyle yeah and I start looking for the opportunities but there's no opportunity for people like me there's no hopes no dreams no nothing so when I met this lady she was um very wealthy and she was um honestly she was kind to me. I think this is what really um, attracted me to her because she brought me to her house and she offered me coffee and sweets. Mm-hmm. And I was so impressed yeah. because somebody actually um, like paying attention to me, you know, <sighs> and being kind. And so it felt wonderful and safe. And she offered me a job. She said, mm-hmm. no specific, just a job. And, and how old are you at this point? Um, I was um, almost 18. Okay. Okay. So, and um, yeah, and without much thought, I was eager to escape. So I said yes to anything that she asked me to do. And her team went to work. At some point, like, because they cleaned me up, they washed wash me up, dressed me up, did them makeup, I felt something in my head was saying to me what kind of job I'm gonna be doing Mm. but Mm. I still was on heroin I still been using it you know so So she was grooming you yeah absolutely Ah. and and it's very interesting that that light bulb that if I would be more experienced with this and clear-minded I would be triggered and thinking like why they asking me to do stuff like that Mm -hmm. right why did they send me this 
Why do they get me um, a traveling documents? Why would they do this? Why do they? But I didn't really think about that. They fed me. They took care of me. They were nice to me. And they were super nice to me. And that's why, literally, that's why I am advocating for different kind of human trafficking. Because we see this movie with the force and violence. And yes, it can happen. But the grooming, it's so subtle and Mm. it's so different. And I want people to know red flags so they can watch for that as well. Because what happened is I one day wake up. I don't know how to, I went um, through airport and I don't remember the customs or anything. I just woke up hearing Muslim call to prayer. Allahu Akbar ran out. So I was scared and confused because I woke up in a different country. And where were you? I was in Cairo, Egypt. Hmm. Wow. Wow. So when you say you woke up and you're in another country, like did they, were you drugged? And then I was, yeah, I was on drugs because I still was in drugs. Uh, I was using drugs, but the fact is somebody went through a report with me. I didn't have my passport. Somebody spoke for me because I don't recall anything. And that's what I want people to know too. If you see someone in an airport, like, and uh, um, just think, like, why this girl doesn't speak for herself? Why she's submitted, surrendered, like, or something, you know, not allowed to speak for her, herself? You know, those kind of things. Sure. So, yeah. You were, you were in such a vulnerable place, too, that when somebody offers you kindness. Right? Yeah, you're yeah. you're obviously going to respond to that and they're feeding you you don't know you're being groomed for this obviously at the point in time and i think it's it's one of the reasons why the the bible refers to the devil as disguising himself in light and there's a great deception that can take place if we're not uh awake and aware and you were extraordinarily handicapped because of the drug use and everything else um and so you were a pretty easy target to uh and pretty vulnerable at that point so all right you wake up and oh go ahead well i was just gonna say that you know there's a lot of um young boys and girls that are easy targets in this day and age and i think a lot of people don't realize and so i'm so excited to talk more at the end of this interview about what you are passionate about Mm -hmm. and 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 the the tools in which um you're going to give us that we can um uh utilize so Mm -hmm. that hopefully we can you know, do our part, right? I was, I was going to mention too that, um, especially young people who are looking for love end up looking for it in the wrong places if right. it's not provided for them. So this is just a word to all of us in the family setting to make certain that when our children become teenagers and they become vulnerable, that we give them unconditional love where they feel grounded Safe. and accepted. And they're not going to do everything right and they're going to need discipline, but they need to feel loved. You really never had that because of your dysfunctional home. So it made you even more vulnerable. So you wake up in, in Cairo. What's the next thing that happens? Well, actually, it was very interesting because there I went through the withdrawals from heroin mm-hmm. and um, lots of people don't quit drugs like that by themselves because body shut down and right. uh, side effects, you can die. Right. So I do believe that I just, by the grace of God, he had the purpose and plan for me there too, because I could die even like before heroin, I could die a million times over, but mm. that time was especially very traumatic. So I was left alone. But when I um, felt better, I was actually be able to tour the city a little bit more. But in, and it's very interesting. There was um, five girls, all of us together. I was so um, grateful for, for this experience because I still don't understand what's going on. Like I'm yeah. They feeding us in restaurant, and then we went to this beautiful city when everything was painted white. And I see this amazing like sunset on a red sea. And Things you've like, never red... experienced oh, before. Yeah. yeah, and like oh, I have like goosebumps. So I'm like on top of this mountain, and this like red and orange hues on on the um, city and on this um, on the sea. And I'm so 
blown away by this beauty it's so glorious and i'm thinking like thank you like that time i didn't know god but i was like thank you for this experience because it's mind-blowing i never see anything so exotic and beautiful Mm -hmm. and my heart like burst like with this like where am i you know like it's so amazing and the next day um our hotel being raided by the police and they um they um, arrest us all implying that we've been trafficked but we stuck to the script because we we've been told what to say and then like in a foreign country with foreign language with no passport they have all our documents and everything I think that's first time I got scared I'm like okay there's something wrong and uh, what happened is one of the guy was some um, somebody saw him in a hotel and that's why police came because he was a trafficker Mm. and uh but they arrest him and then let us go with another guy so afterwards he um the another guy guy brought us in the middle nowhere with um huge and left us in a bedouin tent with the two huge terrifying arm middle eastern men And that's where I knew that it's really bad. And then they forced us to crawl under the barbed wire into Israel. And they sold us into brothel in Israel. Wow. You crawled into Israel? Mm. Yep. I crawled. Like, wow. Um, That's almost, I would think, unheard of. I mean, because it's so protected. We were in Israel not too long ago. Okay. So you were in Israel. And how long were you there? almost two years okay now were you you were in a brothel at that time yes i actually was bought by a family business and i learned that it's very important what brothel you end up with Hmm. um because most of the girls who came with me went missing or died or they just disappeared oh my wow lena wow wow Okay. So for two years now, you're you're working in prostitution. What was happening on the inside of your mind and your heart and your emotions as you were going through those two years? And where were you always looking for a way to escape and a way out? Well, it's a really good question because although it was a terrible situation and probably your listeners thinking like, oh my gosh, what was happening? That's a good question. But for me, it was a great you don't right. understand guys that i was clean i was mm. fed um i made money nobody could rape me or beat me to death so my broken mind thinking like oh my goodness this is opportunity i can save money and start a new life mm. and another thing that was really amazing that i actually had a bodyguards that nobody could rape me and beat mm. me to death Mm. So I was protected, but there is another part, you know, when you were saying you went to Israel, that's where God actually met with me in Israel through one of my bodyguards. And Uh you're going to be blown away because this is just miraculous. One of my bodyguards shared the gospel with me. Seriously. Yeah. And there's another story because all these people asking me like, what, what is the Christian doing in the brothel? I'm like, ah, ministry. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what's ridiculous part? He didn't even think that it was ministry. He just couldn't find the job because he was Russian Jew running away from prosecution in Russia. And when they came to Israel, his wife got all the perks of being a resident or the citizen. But because he's not like he's Jewish, but it's everything by the mother. But he couldn't find the job. And he pray, pray, and they pray, pray, and end up. And I was even thinking, what kind of wife going to let her husband to work in the brothel with these girls? But he was amazing. For two years, he never he never even looked in any girls more than like, this is my kid. This is, he treated me like his kid. And it was so amazing because he never looked down on me. He never judged me. He, and, and he was like, like you guys, like so joyful. And I'm thinking like, what are you smoking? You cannot do <laughs> Like literally, like I'm like, where's this joy? Like I never met in my life, man, that positive, that joyful, that 
and I saw him dealing with the clients. I saw him dealing with the mess. I knew that I would like go and rage and anger and he calmed me down. He's like, everything's going to be okay. Like, I'm like, how can you be like so stable? I never <laughs> met anyone stable emotionally and physically and so present. And with this face, I'm like, what is this? And I think that's what draw me to him. I do believe Christ in him, just like pull me in and I want to know more. And mm. I got to stop. I got to, oh. I got to talk to our Christian listeners for just a moment and starting yeah. with you and me, Wendy, yeah. the more you smile, the more you offer love, the more you offer hope, the more you offer joy, the more you offer non-judgmentalism, mm -hmm. the more you open yourself up, the, the easier it is for people to start to open up to the reality that there is a living Christ who lives in you. And this is what they want. And they and want more of it. Yes. Just love the fact that you were being almost uh, enticed by the spirit of God in him to come to Jesus. So continue on with the story. What and, happened? And real quick, I love how God connects all the dots. Yeah. Like he, <clears throat> he's in everything, right? Even when it, it looks bleak and like, where are you, God? There he is. Yeah. Oh my goodness. There's more, honestly, like, and that's what blows me away. How amazing God is. Mm -hmm. And if you ever think that you are in a situation that God doesn't forgive or he's uh, not able to forgive, honestly, just hear my story. My, um, it is my grandfather, like, yeah, it is miraculous. And it's such a huge confirmation for me how much God loves me because that's where it is. I was in the brothel with this gentleman bringing me his kid's Bible, talking me about these stories. And I was so fascinated because like I, nobody ever told me Bible like this, but he literally talked to me like a kid and it was so beautiful. But then then was another part when my grandfather had a heart attack and um, I remember my friend was talking about the uh, uh, veiling wall. He was talking about Bailing that you wall. can go and put your prayer into there and God answered the prayer. And I kid you not, I want to go meet that God and, and ask him this favor. Mm. And I call everybody. Nobody was available, but my friend said, you know what? I'm going to drive you there. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. People are afraid to drive there that time because it was like what, 20 years ago because they have so many problems there. Um, the um, buses were shot by the like on the road by the guns and all this stuff it was so much mess so nobody just willingly gonna go oh let's go um and visit this city wherever so but he he came and he brought his little kid too and mm -hmm. i was so blown away that little kid know about god so much more than i don't know huh. <laughs> like i ever thought little human being can know but he was <laughs> proud of it too Ah, she beautiful. was talking about the Bible like she was like little like te te theologian, no theology. Yeah, 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 little <laughs> theologian. theologian. Yeah, but it was so cool to yeah. hear because she's like was like something like ten years old or something like that. So we went through Jerusalem and I saw how much she actually know about this place and she told me what to do, where to go, and I was like so scared, and um, I just been pushed to the wall. And literally closer inch to the wall, I knew that, like, who am I to ask God for favor? I am a prostitute, drug addict, alcoholic. Like, I, like, like, people like me don't deserve mercy. Mm -hmm. Really, like, in front of that wall, like, this sense of shame overcome me. And I knew that I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy of this audience. But I put my hands on the wall and it was such an amazing experience because like that time in Israel, like I don't know, 60 degrees, it's sweating hot. And it was like I was probably already dehydrated and stuff. But when I put my hands and I have this turmoil in my head, the wall was cool to the touch. And I was thinking like, that's impossible. How this stone can be cold if it's so hot outside. But when I start thinking about the wall, like I realized my thoughts was really, really calm. 
And I look around, I didn't know what to do. Everybody crying, praying in different languages. So I just said, God, I don't know if um, I'm worthy. I just wanted my grandfather would be saved because I know if he dies, my grandma gonna die and all this stuff. And literally like the words start pouring from me. I do believe I encounter Holy Spirit that time yes. because yes. it's happened. It was like almost like an hour I was there when I actually opened my eyes. I was like fully covered with tears. My body was shaking. I Beautiful. definitely have an experience that it was um, like extraordinary. And I knew that something happened. And another thing, like I had, oh my goodness, I have goosebumps. <laughs> so I have, I had peace in my mind. I had peace in my heart. I have like this tremendous gratitude to God that he actually show up. I knew that everything's going to be okay. So that was like my first, like really amazing encounter with God. I love that. I love that. He will, it is so powerful. And when we are ready, he will meet us wherever we are. We don't have to be at the wailing wall. We can just be at our wailing wailing in our kitchen you know what i mean and god will meet us where we are where we're um broken and when we surrender and that's what you did and that, it's just so beautiful so um you know after that experience um i mean y- you're married now let's kind of fast forward a little bit because you you started to receive god's grace and the healing and 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 turn things around first of all how did you meet your husband and why did you decide to wait so long before you told him about your life yeah, absolutely well i think in between those it's around five years between that encounter and until i end up in canada and that's another story too but um i actually um, been trafficked to canada as well but here in canada i had an opportunity to um escape so i used it i live in shelter and learned my um english from level zero and then I signed up for government credit school and um, finished my cosmetology course. So I was you. in the time to achieve because I want to be normal. And this beautiful country offered me the opportunity to live and to study. And that's what I did. And actually, I became a hairstylist. Huh. And then I decided to learn martial art and driving. So I got wow. a taekwondo. So Man. I want to achieve because I yeah. assume I earn diplomas, medals, trophies, everything like normal people do. Mm-hmm. Then I get like um, peace, worth, and value. I thought that's where you get that mm. sure. because I never had. And I assume that when you get into achieve mode, that's, that's become that identity that I didn't have because... Mm. Up to that, I don't know what I was, but it was a, a lot of people think that Lena and they haven't had a, a past story like yours. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of people that that find or, or think that they have found their identity in what they do. Yeah, so and true. So, oh. Yeah. And only until like you try everything, you're going to see that it's all empty because I got yeah. everything and I had nothing. And mm. it's very well, I, get, I got to say that again. I got everything and I had nothing. That yeah, is profound. I, yeah, I still felt empty. I still yeah. was rude and obnoxious and angry. Mm-hmm. And and then I met this beautiful boy. He was young and kind and fun. And literally he's like was smitten. And what interesting is that he he treated me like a lady. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, like, where do you see that? Mm-hmm. You know, but now I understand that the Christ in him actually make me fall in love with him Mm. and it was interesting because now i think that's how god see me he already saw me as a lady yes doesn't matter it took me like 15 years together when i quit the drugs he already saw me and that's how my husband saw me beautiful of of course it's not a like miraculous story we still had uh, three kids, postpartum depression. We have our traumas to deal. We have a mess, but we went through it together. So don't yeah. think you guys like, oh my goodness, like fall in She's love. Got it all together now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, because can you imagine? I don't even know 
if Christ would be in our family, we would be together because this guy was, first of all, like Christian, very stable compared to me. I just coming out from this mess. I know where I'm going, but the past still was tormenting me. I still have all this PTSDs. And then I become wife and a mother. Are you kidding me? People dreaming about this whole life. I didn't even know that I'm going to be alive. Huh. And now I have like this imposter syndrome. Who do you think you are? Mm. A wife and a mother. Then I didn't even know about devil who tormented me. Like you got baby going to die just like a first one. And your husband mm. going to kick you out. And you're wow. going to die on the street from drugs, homeless in a foreign country. All the lies. Once yeah. again. So I, I was like hopeless, helpless. And nobody ever diagnosed me with postpartum. I didn't have church. I didn't have really, I have family and support because our family lived in US. So honestly, I was literally alone. And now I'm so grateful for those crazy like four years because I know God gave me this opportunity to see and to break that deceiving mindset yeah. because I thought if you have growth within metal, metals, you, metals, you're going to be good. If mm. you get person who's going to love you, husband, clean home, food, when you have a healthy baby and healthy relationship, then you're going to get your worth and value and peace. So now I had everything and I still have nothing. Mm. I was even more depressed, more anxious because now I had no drugs because I chose not to lie, not to use drugs, not to drink. I chose to be a wife and a mother for them, for these two people who I love above and beyond. And there was a moment, I kid you not, guys, I worshiped my husband because he was so good to me. Mm. But that time I didn't know I worshiped Christ in him because Christ was good to me yeah. through yeah. this man who just decided no matter what happened, I'm not going to leave this crazy lady. I'm yeah. going to be committed to the marriage. But, but he also saw the Christ in you because the potential for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. but no, I mean, yeah. the Holy Spirit had already mm -hmm. um, come into you at, at the Wailing Wall. You'd already had the experience. Yes. You were in that. Uh, I tried my best. You know yeah, what? exactly. I did all my best. So and then, um, so with um, your, your, your traumas. Um, I, I know that, um, you know, PTSD is, is a, a big thing. A lot of people deal with it, but you have some practical tools and steps for people to get through their traumas. And I think that that's something that someone uh, listening might really need to hear today. Absolutely. I would love to name a few. Um, number one, create support system and find the accountability partner. Guys, this is very important. Friends, family, church have a weekly accountability calls where someone, one person that you trust would ask questions and encourage you and pray for you and follow up. That's take from the enemy this weapon to say that you are alone because you are not alone. There's right. people who are going to love you and support you and take care of you. You just have to make that first step to reach out. That's good. Second one, I would say faith in God know the truth about your identity yes and that's where my mindset changed from uh, i'm worthless i'm abandoned i'm broken to i am significant and my life is valuable and that i'm loved and i'm not alone and it helped me to have grace and compassion for myself so another one uh, create positive affirmations because our words can either speak life or speak death. That's right. Our tongues can build us up or can tear us down. And you have to create positive self-talk and repeat those affirmations until you believe it's true, mm. until you believe it's true. And it will take time. So practice and practice and develop this habit. Um, another one really helped me writing the book, but you don't have to write the book, write the journal, write the letter, because you need to uh, unload this burden. Because I do believe like um, 
uh, we said in earlier, most of the victim, victims doesn't have voice because the shame usually stopping us from sharing. And if you write, it will help to process pain differently. Mm. And yes. you actually can give the journal to someone else, like to someone that you trust asking for help. Mm. And that's how you're going to start the conversation. Mm. That's good. That's you know, Lena, I'm, I'm yeah. guessing too that, um, was it 12 years that it, it took you before you shared with your husband your whole story? Yes. And yeah. you wrote him a letter. You how that happened. Yeah, because I was going to say, I'm, I'm guessing that, <laughs> that opened up a door of freedom for you that accelerated your growth. Absolutely. But you know what? In uh, Right before our wedding, actually, when he proposed to me, I wrote him six or eight page letter. I remember. And this was so ridiculous because I saw him through the balcony glass and he was watching something like comedy. So he was laughing his heart out. And I was at the table, I made the decision to tell him my story. I wanted to tell him everything because I already chose not to lie to him. And I wouldn't start our marriage with a lie. I want him to have a choice. Hmm. I want him to read that and decide, you know what? I will marry you for who you are or I walk away. And I actually come to the understanding and surrender to the fact that I have to be okay with any of that choices. Because actually, I wouldn't be married me. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, mm -hmm. because I thought I didn't deserve this. Sure. But how honorable of you yeah. to say, you know what? He needs to know before yeah. I'm not going into this marriage with mm -hmm. a lie. I mean, that's that's huge. That's huge. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so after you, because you wrote it on, in a letter. Yes. And I came to him and it was crazy. Like I'm crying and he's laughing. And it <laughs> broke my heart because yeah. I thought my art. Uh, our relationship was over. That's mm. what I thought. But sure. I still gave it to him and I told him and he literally didn't even touch it. He said, um, your past, it's between you and God. Wow. I, I love you for who you are now. Wow. And he said, you have to go uh, burn it, throw it out. Good I for him. Wow. wow. <laughs> yeah. Amazing man. That's powerful. Wow. 12 years later, yeah. three kids later, okay. this is later, everything is later. I'm saying to him, would you like me to tell him my story or you want to read the book? Because the so you already read the book oh, no. at this point? The book, the book oh, already was coming out. Oh, um, I told my. him. Uh, probably when it went to my publisher and editor. So they had it for a year. So year before the book come out, he said, yes, I want you to tell me the story. And it was very interesting because we drove outside the city. There's spot that he really liked that he see all this like land and, and it was sunset. It was such a beautiful, like God made perfect place. He liked to go and think. And he was leaning on the fence and he was looking forward and I was standing there and I just laid it out on him. The most amazing part, like I didn't cry. I didn't have fear. I didn't have any no more shame. Yeah, it was no shame. It was so beautiful. And I just gave it to him. And then there was silence. So I was like, are you guys? <laughs> know like and i see him like he didn't even wink i kid you not it was so miraculous so he turned around to me i'm like are you angry like give me something and he said he said two things you've been healed and the second one he said this book has a purpose wow. oh i love this I love man this guy. What's, i wow. know yeah it's what's like, his name it's uh, like um his name is josh and Josh. He, honestly, even now we're talking and I said, you know what? You saved my life. I don't know if you do understand that, mm. that because you didn't leave, you actually saved my life. And mm. now you can reap the benefits. Now, 15 years later, therapies later, counseling later, everything later. And guys, if you're listening and you're thinking like, I want to be there. Yes, there's going to be lots of time, lots of people who gonna support you and help you but there is hope because honestly like only probably last fall like recently and I'm like over 40 years old I actually have so much peace in my mm -hmm. body, mind and soul 
I know this is my purpose, my passion. And I feel like myself again. I literally, Mm. I know who I am. I know what I'm doing. I know this past has a reason. And I feel like just so blessed and honored to be wife and a mother. And I feel so grateful that I have this man by my side to have my children. It's not perfect. It's still not perfect. But you know what? I do believe I'm healed. And it's 100% God. There's like no, nothing I can take this because I could heal my body. I could heal my relationship. I could heal my bad behavior through counseling and therapy. But this peace, this worth, Mm. value, identity, like love, joy, everything that money cannot buy and you cannot do, it's just from Jesus. This is Mm. like number one. If you... It's like from all of this stuff that you ever like heard me saying today, Jesus is number one and the mm. rest of it, he will guide your steps, direct your steps. He's going to bring you where you're supposed to be. Amen. Amen. Wow. wow. Amen. Put a cherry on wow. top of that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was like amazing. Lena. I mean, yeah. you have just overcome so much and just to hear you and just to see your passion and to hear your passion is so contagious. And yeah. so do not listen to that voice that kind of bubbles up sometimes that isn't the voice of God, because you do have a powerful mm-hmm. uh, journey ahead and God is using you to do great things and to speak um uh, life into people that may be feeling that very same place that you felt alone Mm. ashamed all the things and you're giving them hope so praise god thank you for being courageous and um you do uh you are an advocate uh a social justice advocate you're also uh, um you know wanting people to make sure that they understand about trafficking and you you shared a few glimpses of of what to look for if people are being groomed but also you uh have something additional for the listeners and i'm going to put that in the show notes because it's a long um uh link but it's a pdf it's a guidebook and is it to help people through social media and understand how not to get lured in by social media is that what that is absolutely it's um actually safety online mm-hmm. yeah by an, an amazing organization it's fight for freedom it's mm-hmm. christian non-profit and they provide um survivor care therapy counseling and housing support and life skills building, as well as raising awareness on human trafficking through community education program. And they love on people with Jesus hands oh, and feet. That's so good. That's, I love it. That's so, so good. That um, oh. I can, I'm so privileged and honored yes. to partner up with them. So on their website, they have so much information mm. that you can look uh, for. And, yeah. to, and and they have a phone number that you can connect and ask them if you have any questions. Yeah, yeah we'll no, that's fantastic. That, we'll put it in the show notes yeah. as well. And we will um, definitely put your website in the show notes. But if you're listening, um, Lena's website is love and B as in the just the letter B loved.com. So it's love and be loved.com. So make sure you go there pay her a visit, get her book miraculous and support her in in sharing her story because her story does matter. Um, You matter, Lena. We love you and we thank you. And we are honored to have this time with you. Thank you for being on your biggest breakthrough. Thank you guys. So thank you for having me. Uh God bless. So glad you could join us today and you'll find a new episode every Tuesday on your favorite podcast platform. And if you've been encouraged by listening or viewing, would you just take a moment and give us a five-star rating and a quick review? That'd be so awesome. Yeah, and also please share this with your friends and loved ones. If you have comments or questions, or if you're looking for an advertising opportunity, please get in touch with us at yourbiggestbreakthrough.com. Or if you'd like to optimize your health and wellness, you can work directly with Wendy. Go to wendypat.com. Or if you're a guy and you're interested in mentoring and coaching, go to toddisburner.com. We look forward to having you join us on our next episode of Your Biggest Breakthrough.